Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Thanks for joining us for the Long Island Sound podcast. Each week we explore new music and dive deeper with the artists and their stories behind the music. Please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you stream this podcast. Here's your host, Steve Yusko. Today, you're in for an extraordinary treat. Many singer-songwriters dream of the opportunity to get the golden ticket. My guest, Sam Wolf, did exactly that as a contestant on American Idol. But he had a decision to make at the crossroads. A decade later, Sam Wolf remains true as the author of his own journey. Join us to hear the rest of the story. Let's check out his original song, Give a Little Love. Searching for a dream, but I left the only one I'll ever need. So I took a flight to New York, where the city never sleeps. I won't let you go, so take my heart to keep. Yeah, it's you and this guitar, and it's all I ever need. So give a little love. Everything I ever want to see Your hazel eyes, babe, you got a hold on me I don't pray as much as I should But you bring me to my knees So forgive me if I never want to leave Yeah, it's you in this guitar
We have a very special guest today. He wrote his first song at 13, and by the time he reached 17, he was auditioning for American Idol in 2014, and he climbed to number five. He makes his way to the Long Island Sound, collaborating with the Como Brothers, who are recent guests on the podcast. Known for his pitch-perfect voice, and we'll kind of analyze what pitch-perfect means, and his original compositions, I'm happy to welcome Sam Wolf to the Long Island Sound Podcast. Welcome, Sam. Good to have you. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I was in Savannah, Georgia, and when you agreed to do this, I was like, holy shit, yeah, man. <laughs> and my, my, my friends are like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? But anyway, let me just give a little backstory to the audience of your collaborators, which I think is the word of the day for me, collaboration, because there are so many, not so many, I've met a lot of single singer-songwriters who are just their own person, they only do it, and, and collaboration is a little bit of a challenge for it. So when I saw in your bio that you were all about collaboration, and then you had done this work with the Como Brothers, man, it was great. So I met the Como Brothers a few weeks ago. I just happened to be in Bayshore, Long Island at this place called Fire Island Vines. I was listening to a guy named Gene Casey, a great rockabilly guy from Long Island, very well known. And the owner came up to me. And of course, I always talk about my podcast, which is the bane of my wife's existence. And this guy said, hey, if, <laughs> if you like Gene, come back tomorrow and see the Como Brothers. Went to see the Como Brothers and they reminded me of the Everly Brothers, just their harmonies and two guys, two brothers who actually love each other and kibitz with each other. And I was just kind of, I was enamored by it. It was just kind of cool. So, uh, so we got to chat and they, they mentioned you and uh, I said, hey, do you mind reaching out to them? And lo and behold, here you are. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad it all worked out. I met the uh, Como Brothers 2015, I think. Uh, we were both opening for the same artist, a guy named Ryan Beatty, and um, we connected after the show. We talked, exchanged numbers, did a few shows after that within a year, and um, as soon as I got to know them better, we we um, we started writing songs, at least trying to, and uh, since then we've just been. Every time I see them, they're you know great to catch up with, and we end up getting a song out of it. I think we put out maybe five or six uh, collaborative songs together. So it, it's been awesome. There's this one video that you do, and I, I forgot the name of the song. Where it was very a beautiful young model that's in it. Um, oh, I think twisted. that's uh, twisted. Right. It's called. Man, what a pro <laughs> video! It was it was really really cool. And just as an aside to, to people who are listening look at the chapter marks on your phone if you're not driving and you'll see uh, a link to these videos and to uh, Sam's music. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. It was just, just kind of cool to watch you guys. That's awesome. No, I'm glad you, glad you liked it. What, what's interesting between the Como brothers and you is uh, voice and harmonies. And uh, I, this is just me personally. I put, I don't care what the genre is. I put a lot of weight into the ability to uh, sing well and interpret a song and do all these different things and connect with the audience, whether it's a recorded piece of music or you're doing it live. Now, you know, we spoke briefly via email, you know, prior to this, 
and it's very awkward for some mm-hmm. musicians to talk about music and not play music. So I, I, I hope you don't feel too awkward because you're probably more comfortable performing than you are talking, I would assume. That's exactly the case usually for me, but I, this is fun. I, um, I don't really do interviews as much um, in the last couple of years, but this, this is fun. You seem like a nice guy and um, the Coleman brothers gave a nice word about you as well. So I got you totally fooled. Happy. Excellent. All right. We can move forward from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about this. And I'm going to, so anytime I get an artist on the podcast, I like jump into your stuff for like a couple of days, you know, get kind of kooky about it because I'm obsessive. And what I found interesting about what happened to you or how things kind of clicked with you at a freaking early age. Right. And I hope you don't mind this. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I could have gone through the scrutiny that you went through being judged on national TV. It was a lot. Yeah. Um, cause I, yeah, I was 17 years old when I auditioned, I turned 18 towards the end of the show, but also before that, I had really no experience performing wow. live. Um, I mean, I was writing songs at the time. I'd play a busk, you know, around the city in Bradenton, Florida, um, here and there. But like, no really experience performing in front of an audience. So that that part was like, I just kind of had to muster up the courage and just be like, I got to do this. There's like, no, there's no well, other. You, option. you must have balls of steel because you did it. And yeah, I. I don't know how I did it still to this day, but yeah, I just, I guess I was just so in the moment and like telling myself, I just got to do this, make it through this, see what happens next. I can imagine the singer songwriters that are listening to this podcast now that are dying for the opportunity that you had, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this and I'm very proud of you and tell me if I'm reading this right. My assumption would be, that, and this is not to disparage American Idol or any or that corporation, but I think they like to look at you and say, hey, you know what? He's going to be a teen idol. Let's put him on the cover of Teen Magazine and market him as America's sweetheart and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is just what I got. It looked like you rejected that. Yeah, I certainly was going against it because that was the bubble they, they put me in. Um the heartthrob is what, which they labeled it. Um, and I'm like, what? I don't want to be the heartthrob. Come on. I'm just trying to be that indie singer songwriter and not be attached to some, I wasn't even like, I don't, I don't know. I just consider myself more indie artist, you know? Um, but I was going against it. There was times where they wanted me to cut my hair a certain way to kind of fit the mold of the heartthrob, like shape oh, the shit. sides wow. of my hair, keep the top a little short. And that I'm like, no, you can't, can't touch the hair. That's the thing I'm pretty uh, uh, anal about, obsessive about my hair all the time. Well, it's it's <laughs> it's interesting because even watching the different segments and and you really progressed really well uh, and took their advice and and it was just kind of amazing. Um, but you can even see in how they dressed you, you know, how, how they change how how they change your yeah. outfits. And you know what? It's you're in the thick of it. You're grabbing the brass ring, and now you have, you know, you're at the crossroads there, you know? Do, do I suck it up and not be true to myself and go in this direction and go for the money? I remember it was a Keith Urban said, your voice is money. I, I, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That kind of, mm-hmm. it can go two ways, huh. right? 
you know, it can go two ways. To have the courage to say, hey, you know what, I got to be true to myself and how I approach my music. Yeah, and there's a couple times, like towards the middle of the show, once I was, you know, somewhat more comfortable, where I kind of would go back. They wanted me to do um, one of the songs with the band. I didn't like the arrangement, and I said, I just want to do it acoustic. And they were like, okay. It's your call in the end. We think you should do it this way, but if you want to do acoustic, so be it. When they made me wear the hats, yeah. I wore it a couple of times, but I'm like, I don't like the hat. Come on, I don't want to wear it. Right, that. right. <laughs> so, I mean, it was more of just having to speak up, but I was so young where I was kind of like afraid to and really tell them how, like what I was feeling. You did it. You yeah. did in your own way. <laughs> I, can ima- I can only imagine the others who didn't. And, you know, fell into fell into the marketing yeah. trap. Hey, maybe they made boatloads of money. But you know what? At the end of the day, you got to sleep at night. You got to be true to yourself. You got to take the guardrails off because once you're – that's why I don't even like talking genres, generally speaking, because it can really type – you can get typecast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like Americana sure. genre means 10,000 things, right? I like indie artists because mm-hmm. it gives you more flexibility. But let's face it. Uh, you got to get the songs out to people to hear and they got to categorize you because they got to figure out, all right, how are we going to make money off this guy? <laughs> That's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's the hard uh, thing. So it's so now it's been about 10 years. And what I'm going to do, let's just take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to yeah. talk about the term pitch perfect and how it annoys me and get your take on it. All right. Hang with us. We're with Sam Wolf. Be right back. At the Long Island Sound, we're much more than a podcast. We're building a community. Please go to gigdestiny.com. Check out all our social media links. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Please comment. Call the listener line. Tell us what you think, what questions we should ask, who we should have on the show. And most of all, we thank you for your generous support. And remember, support the artists who are guests on the show. Now back to the podcast. We're back after that short break with Sam Wolf. And by the way, I was thinking, you know, the Long Island Sound, I generally uh, connect people to Long Island and New York City. And I'm like, okay, I got this guy from Florida. Yeah, he's pretty famous. And he's got the Como Brothers. I got to make that backwards connection. But he's in New York City. He's a New York City guy now. So like, okay, I had to do all that thinking for nothing. But I want to talk about the label Pitch Perfect. And by the way, Pitch Perfect makes, I'll be honest with you, makes me very envious because I have a big problem with pitch. I, I'll find every key before I hit the right key, according to my wife. But just explain to me what it is for knuckleheads like myself and the pluses and minuses of it, if there is a minus of it. Well, I think, I don't know if I'm pitch perfect, if I was able to, so I guess pitch perfect is being able to identify the note with by hearing a sound and singing just basically on key, on pitch. Um, I have the, the part where I'm able to sing mostly in key and on pitch, um, but the notes as far as like if someone said sing a G I couldn't really sing a G um, so I think that is also part of it I don't really have that much um, knowledge of what pitch perfect really means but yeah that's um, that's that's what I heard you know yeah so it, it gives you but that I think it is it's, it's kind of overused I mean I don't have any like some people I know there's an artist Charlie Puth who 
is pitch perfect, quote unquote. And uh, he, you know, you could hit a knife against a, a glass and be able to tell you what note it is. Um, stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It, I, you notice the word perfect, when I hear the word perfect, it just sets, it sets a certain expectation Although you fulfill it, let me tell you. And that brings me just to another, I kind of jump around, so I apologize. It brings me to something else. So you were on American Idol 10 years ago, about nine, 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. You found your voice. You were influenced by Ed Sheeran, among other people. And you have that voice. But you're 17 or 18. Now it's 10 years later. How has, how has your voice or your stylings changed if at all any uh in that time period i think well just maturing from you know being 17 so now i'm 26 um my voice has gotten a little deeper yeah um i think i finally found my voice at the time when i was idle i was kind of trying to mimic not intentionally but ed Sheeran. and i kind of had like that similar uh approach and I don't know, I guess just over the years, experimenting, listening to different artists, and um, finally just finding, I think, my, my natural voice without really having to try or think about it. Right. So, so obviously, with a, you have a very well-trained ear, okay? And I think I read this, that, that you do impressions. You're, you've done impressions of other artists, which tells me that you have a good ear to capture the notes or inflections or the stylings of their voice in order to mimic it. Right. Sure. Yes. So, um, so you got that. I mean, when I was thing. younger, I used to do like impressions and stuff, but like, um, I like dabble with it here and there. I'll try to, you know, so sound the, like, so if the music thing goes, a joke. yeah. So, so if the music thing goes to shit, you can always go to comedy, you know? Yeah. Maybe, or maybe I'll be like a, tribute band for someone <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> excuse me i'll cut that cough out um let's talk about the song that we heard uh after uh you know we came into the podcast give a little love tell me about that song how that came to be i never ask an artist about the meaning but um maybe you can give me the process and how it came to you so yeah i was um Actually, at the Como Brothers, this is um, both of our songs. We, I went there for a few days, and we wrote a tune the night I got in, which was Give a Little Love, and we started it. And um, I remember we just came up with the chorus. Uh, I don't know if it was Andrew or, or Matt or whatever. Someone said, Give a Little Love, and we kind of just worked from that and then kind of tried to make the story revolved around that um not i mean it's i don't really details wise it's just for me like a love song mm -hmm. um and it kind of just it kind of just happens like one like that kind of just wrote itself um so let me ask you this so going going to see the como brothers was it your intention hey we're gonna go meet with the guys and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try and write a song. Was that your intention? And did you have yeah, any? That, yeah. You have something in your pocket walking in, or no? No, nothing. At least for me, maybe they sometimes do, but um, 
that's always the intention to when we go, we want to hang out as friends, obviously, and then we want to also work on music. So every time we've we've uh, you know met and hung out, we we end up getting the song out of it, which is awesome. And you know we'll switch up the parts. You know, one of the boys will be on the verse. I'll do the chorus, um, vice versa. We try to like make it different each song. So it's this has been really cool to have people like that, friends like that, that I could collaborate with. Mm-hmm. And um, when you get a song, it's you know it's the best feeling in the world to have it. To go into the studio, write the song, have like a demo by the end of the night. It's awesome. Nice. Now, do you use a particular studio? I saw Gotham. Uh, no, was it Gotham? Uh, it's all home studio. Like, so they have a studio okay. set up in their basement. Right. Um, so we'll work from there, and it's convenient. You know, we'll take breaks. We'll go upstairs, get some food. We'll go out. We get stuck on something, come back, work on it. Right. Um, Sometimes you got to walk away from it, right? Yeah. Can't force it. That's what I've learned for sure. Even for me, when I'm writing songs, um, it's a lot of back and forth. Like I'll have a part, a chorus, or you know, a verse section, and I'll work on it until I feel like I can't really until I'm stuck, and then I'll take a break, come back to it. Sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's a couple months. Right. So now, um, are you? It's different with every song, I guess. But are you purposeful about? I'm going to sit down and write a song, or are you well schooled in? Amuse hit you, yet take the time to record it, whether it's in your iPhone or whatever. What's what's your what's the process that you're following? For me, I I try to write mostly when I'm in the, the mood or I have you know some kind of inspiration or feeling. It's always the easiest to get out when you're in, um, in a position like that. So, but other than that, I like start with a guitar. Um, I mess around with melodies until I find something that I hear that kind of strikes me or something that I like and then build off of that. So it's usually guitar, the music, the melody, then the lyrics. Okay. I always do lyrics last. It's, it's always just been like that for me. You had the brass ring, you're an American idol, and you get exposed to Keith Urban, J-Lo, and who's that other guy? Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, him. He was a little cranky. <laughs> anyway, uh, you get exposed to them on on the show, but then you have these other people that are now part of your life that you're still connected to. So, um, one, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, I think you make your own connections uh, if you're purposeful about them and you're open to a lot of opportunities. So tell me about some of the things that uh, were fruits of American Idol connections that you made. Well... A lot of the connections that were most meaningful and that I got, that I was able to take advantage of in the best way, were through the contestants, I would say. Um, okay. So, I mean, I still keep in touch with a few of them. Alex Preston, Caleb Johnson, who won that season. Um, DJ Harris. As far as American Idol, you know, like the judges or behind the scenes, it's kind of like they... When you're off the show, they, they kind of chop chop those. So I didn't really get any connections from that. Um, well, they, they also had a controversy, I think, where uh, there was some sort of judge talking, getting a little too close to one of the contestants, I believe. Or maybe that was oh, another show. But maybe, it's, yeah. it's, it's good to keep that separation, I would think. So there's no For undue sure, influence. yeah. And 
I think the exposure was the main thing, which kind of had brought me different connections along the way over the years. Um, and like after the show, I got to do a, um, a headline show with the Doobie Brothers and War, Jefferson Starship, um, stuff like that. You know, if it weren't for the show, I probably wouldn't have been able to do something like that. Right. Um, no labels, no label encounters. I mean, I got one offer to be in a boy band, <laughs> um, which I turned down at the time. And good for you. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of it on the connection side. It's very uh, you, it's very real. Like a couple of years after the show, a few years after the show, where it kind of feels like you're starting from scratch again. Sure. Um, so like getting through that, I've kind of been trying to navigate even still today, just focus on putting the songs out, do as many shows as I can. I'm trying to be way better on social media. It's something that I always uh, just didn't like doing, posting. Right. Having to, having to do that every day, but I realize it's a huge part of it. So I'm finally, you know, cracking down, trying to be consistent and um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's talk about the social media thing, because uh, actually, two people, one guy that I spoke about, Dante Mazzetti, who was a former guest, uh, his wife, Jessica Garano, unbelievable, and she actually helped me tremendously with social media, and uh, the Como brothers, I mean, they're always posting stuff, you know, they're picking mm -hmm. up a puppy, they're picking up a puppy, and, you know, next thing you see, it's, it's, on, it's on TikTok, you know, and I'm going to bust their balls about it, and they're going to listen to this episode, I'm like, what's with the puppy? Guess what, yeah. next TikTok. Next TikTok I do, I'm grabbing my daughter's puppy, and he's going to be in it, you know? <laughs> and it's the thing, but, like, the, those are the ones that, like, get the most views. It's, like, the most random. I know. You know, you know? it takes two seconds to do, and then the, you know, Besides the up. one with, you know, you're pulling your T-shirt, you know, exposing your chest side of thing. Like, yeah. Nobody wants, yeah that, that, that ain't going to work for me. That would just horrify people. But uh, um, it seems as though – so what's interesting, I see – this is just an observation. I see a generational divide uh, with artists. Some of the older artists that I've worked with actually looked at social media as far as bragging, okay, bragging uh -huh. about uh, their art. You know, just let me let me let me show you my art instead of telling you about my art or or whatever, doing snippets and that sort of thing. It's interesting. It's just a mindset. And yet, um, I was talking to this artist in Canada recently, and I said, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. You know, when I was a kid. We got an album. We got a 45, maybe two songs on it. We got an album. We listened to that album. Boom, boom, boom. All the time. Right. We had the patience to do that. We had the time to do it. Okay. We didn't have the internet, but now from what I understand, you put out EPs, you put out one, two, three songs over the course of time mm -hmm. because of maybe because of attention span, but also to be very fresh all the time. I don't know. What's your thoughts? I think it's both. Yeah, I think the attention span is just getting shorter and shorter, which is why I think TikTok is so huge. Because you can, you know, just swipe up, swipe right. next video, next video. Um, that, but also, yeah, like you said, it keeps the content fresh. I have, the Como Brothers have this part down, which I admire about them and I'm trying to get to this point, but they're just, well, social media, they're really good with keeping up on that. Um, but also mainly the songs, the fact that they're able to crank up Recording and putting a song out each month, wow. just being able to continuously write songs and have it to be able to release one after the other, um, is super impressive to me. And I definitely am aiming to get closer to that because I put out one song this year, or two songs, one song, one cover, 
and even that it's like it's just a lot of work that goes behind it um but when it's, i write with them yeah it, yeah it, it kind of cuts the process in half so it helps you know yeah and sometimes you need you know they they uh they have an uh I, who's it andrews or matt's fiance is very active with the videos but yeah and, tatiana matt's fiance Tatiana. So I got to tell you a quick story. So I'm watching the Como brothers and I told them this story and I texted or I put on Facebook, Hey, you know, I'm here at uh, Fire Island Vines scoping out the Como brothers. I get a message from my daughter who says, that's my math teacher from high school sons. And he used to play their music in math class. And I'm like, get the hell out of here. Right. So surreptitiously, I take a photo of old Mr. Elder Como, mm-hmm. and I said, is that him? And they're like, she's like, yeah, that's him. Now he's with this very young, beautiful woman. And of course, where does my mind go to? Oh, my God, this is like his, you know, his niece or something else, <laughs> you know? It's Tatiana, you know? Yeah. Her <laughs> and Matt, they've been together for... Quite some yeah, time. I've known known her since I think a couple years after we met. Yeah, they think they're getting married soon. Yeah, so they are. Yeah, yeah. So, so the social media aspect thing is is kind of interesting. I think you need I need help on it because there's just too much to do, you know. And where does your creative, you know, you're a creative. Where does your creative mind go? Does it go to the songs, or it goes to the promoting the songs, or do I need help in somebody who's good at promotion to help? Mm-hmm. Put the better side, the lighter side, the humorous side of me out there. But there's one other thing that blows my mind, okay? And I don't know if you still have this fan. You actually have a fan base that has a name, okay? The Wolf Pack? Is that, the is Wolf that... Pack, yeah. So that was created by, I don't know who, um, during Idol. It actually used to be the name we had, um, my family always had a boat growing up. Okay. And on the back, it was would be Wolfpack. That would just be the boat's name. We would always, my parents, whatever would, would put, call it. Um, and then on Idol, someone's like, someone, you know, said hashtag Wolfpack. And I'm like, hey, that's, hey, I guess that works. I'm familiar with it. <laughs> What's wrong with it? <laughs> wow, it's great. So that was in Michigan where you had the boat? Yeah. What now, if you know, what part of Michigan were you? Uh, uh, West Bloomfield, Michigan. Give me, give me a reference point. That's like, uh, about 30 minutes east of Detroit. Um, okay. And, but in the summers, we'd have a, uh, we had a summer home up in Charlevoix, Michigan, in the Upper Peninsula. I, I used to, we, I used to date a girl from the UP. Yeah. And so we'd, we'd it, take the boat up there and summer yeah, reunions, family reunions every summer. That was like a big part of uh, my life growing up, going up to well, Charlevoix. Well, now since you moved from Florida back up to New York, you're going to have to spend some time on Long Island because boating is a big part of uh yeah no i definitely need to uh so i'll invite you out i live on the south shore in the great south bay and uh we'll get you acclimated to fire island and maybe we'll get you some gigs out on fire island which would be awesome which which be amazing i i I think you know so let's talk about the second song that you brought to the table uh good old times so good old times um is my switch very uh, subtle switch into a little bit more country style for that song. Okay. Um, I was listening to a lot of country at the time, Morgan Wallen, like Luke Combs, 
I kind of wanted like a summer song to write one and uh kind of just wrote it about like my childhood you know like growing up being in high school with my friends we had a like there's a line in there like drinking like whiskey on the dock or something like we'd have a dock that was like in the back on the pier and like hang out there all the time it was kind of just a reminiscing aiming to be a summer song for me was like my main intent <laughs> nice so why don't we do this now that we teased our audience with it Let's take a listen to Good Old Times, and we'll be right back after the song. Check it out, everybody. Well, we were young and reckless. Guess it was bound to happen. We had the freedom, and that's all we needed. It's been a while since then. Now we got bills to pay and less time to borrow, because we got work tomorrow. But, oh, well, what can we do? What's the Shut it down like we used to All we've got is a whiskey bottle A guitar and a few chairs on the dock Like we did in high school Those days are gone But now thank God we made it So let's celebrate it Forget it's a Monday night Like the good old times with Sam Wolf. Sam, you've got some things coming up. Uh, so let's talk about what's going to be out there in January. Yeah, so I wrote a, a new song and it's called Worst Thing. Um, to me, it's my favorite song. I think the most honest song I've ever written. And I hope people can relate with it in some way or they can connect with it. And so it's coming out, let's say by the sometime second week of January. I don't have an exact date, but if you follow me on social media, Instagram at Sam Wolf Music. 
I've been posting little teasers of the song. So um, keep an eye out because uh, my song Worst Thing will be out within, you know, just a few weeks. Okay. Now, is this strictly a Sam Wolf uh, endeavor? This is a Sam Wolf song. Uh, so, yes, it's me. But also when I went to the Cohen brothers, Andrew, one of the brothers, I recorded it at his studio. And um, he helped me tweak some things. Cut it. There was a bridge. It was a little bit long. We cut that in half. Hmm. So he's um, he's also a writer on this one. And yeah, I'm just super excited to get it out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's great. Hey, we'll we'll definitely do a follow up with you in January when we're confirmed that it's gonna hit the streets. And it, it's to me, it's just very interesting as far as making ice cream cones and putting the songs out there. You know, trying to get uh, getting them out. You know, onesie twosies as you go. Yeah go about it now you brought a, th- a third song to the table and i was like "Ooh, i don't know if i can play that and what have you and it's one of my favorite songs by Loggins messina called danny song so tell us how you came to to record that and 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 uh we'll have everybody listen to it yeah sure so my dad has always just been a big listener of music growing up we had a stereo room in the house and you know like a single chair in the middle that was supposed to be you know the direct perfect seat to hear the music with the way the speakers were set up and i remember even just when i was a kid he would just listen to the songs he'd bring me in there always just hearing music in such a clear you know way um because mm. he was super into that all the speakers and you know the amps and how it sounded i think having that growing up really kind of shaped my passion for music and so my dad was like i want you to learn the song and it was Danny's song. So I kind of just recorded it, did a little acoustic thing. And I was like, I'll put it up on Spotify, see what happens. But my dad is always, you know, he asked me to record a song that he likes. So I'll do it for him. But this one, I was like, you know, this is a one I feel like I could put out and just, you know, be happy to put it out. Hey, I got to touch on this and I'll be remiss if I didn't touch on this. And I really invite everybody to check out the chapter marks is you've really got some music lineage in your family. Uh, you know, uh, you know, from your grandfather down to your dad and stuff like that. I mean, that's, that's very rare, you know, multi-generational people have really kind of hit it. So just touch on that for me a little bit. Yeah. And then, and then we'll, we'll listen to Danny's song. Great. Yeah. So my great grandfather, Sammy Wolf, who I was actually named after, he was a band leader, a singer in Detroit and you know, he made a living doing that, and I never got to meet him, but um, I just heard so much great things about him, and how he, you know, take take command of the stage. He would never be nervous. So I guess it gets, I guess it just kind of skipped skipped over my dad, and I ended up getting getting the, <laughs> the music from my my great grandpa Sammy, and I have an uncle and an aunt who live in Brooklyn who are composers. One's a concert pianist, the other's a classical composer, and those are the main the main musicians in the wolf side, let's say. That's great. I tell you, you know, there's there's a couple things that I've recognized with the interviews I've had uh, over this past year. And one, I've talked to people where, you know, like I always joke, you know, my father played the radio, you know, but that still is an influence too. If you're around people who love music and the other thing is encouragement and seeing that, my relatives have done this, what have you, only making assumptions here. Uh, and then getting to that point in your life where I think I can do this, you know, uh, and writing a song at 13 and, and what have you, 
is is something to look back on with I think with pride in, in moving forward. So um, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox, but uh, let's like let's take a listen to Danny's song, and we'll be right back after the song. Check this one out. I think you're gonna like it. People smile and tell me I'm the lucky one And we've just begun Think I'm gonna have a son He will be like she and me as free as a dove Conceived in love Sun is gonna shine above And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey, and everything will bring a chain of love. And in the morning when I rise, you bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell me everything's gonna be alright. Seems as though a month ago I was beta kai. Never got high Oh, I was a sorry guy Now I smile face a girl who shares my name Now I'm through with the game This boy will never be the same And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey And everything will bring chain of love And in the morning when I rise you bring a tear of joy to my eyes and tell me everything's gonna be alright Pisces Virgo rising is a very good sign strong and kind and the little boy's mine now I see a family where there once was none Now we've just begun Yeah, we're gonna fly to the sun And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey And everything will bring a chain of love And in the morning when I to my eyes and tell me everything's gonna be alright love the girl who holds the world in a paper cup drink it up love her and she'll bring you luck and if you find she helps your mind buddy take her home don't you live alone Try to earn what love is on And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey And everything will bring a chain of love And in the morning when I rise You bring a tear of joy to my eyes And tell me Everything's gonna be alright 
I tell you, we're back with Sam Wolf. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, that song is a very emotional song to me. It's just it's about you know fatherhood and 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 uh, the important things of life. So I'm really glad you recorded it and put your voice to it and your intonation and stuff like that. So I really appreciate you bringing that to the table for for the crowd and uh, and Sam. Hey man, just thanks for being here. You know, it uh, it was a real hoot for me just to have you. You know. I appreciate you having me on. It's nice uh, getting to talk with you and anyone else listening. Um, I guess just thank you for support and keep an eye out for my next song, Worst Thing, sometime in January. Spotify and iTunes. Sam Wolf. Yeah, and now that we've attracted Sam Wolf to the New York area in the Long Island Sound, we've got we've to create an audience for people to see here, here locally in whether it's the Como brothers, whomever, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy. I kn- I think I know you're going to really enjoy his music. So, again, hey Sam, thank you so much for your time. I end my podcast many ways. A good friend told me, you never know. You know, you can account for what you have in the bank and what you own. You never can account for the time you have left on this earth. And the fact that you gave me more than an hour of your time in putting this together is uh, is a real blessing. So I appreciate it. Happy to be here, man. All right, brother. Take care, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time, be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.